fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Welcome to The Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Thank you, thank you that once again we have the privilege of coming into your life, into your automobile, or wherever you're listening from. I want to remind you that the mission of Harvest International continues. Do visit us at harvestinternational.org. Father in heaven, we ask that as we look again at the prophet Jonah, our hearts would be moved by your Holy Spirit. Prepare us to listen, and then, Lord, prompt us to act, to act in accordance with your will and under the directive of our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus. O God, Look down in mercy upon each listener today. Grant that they might cry out to you for deliverance from sin and from the circumstances that surround them. We ask that you would give them victory. We commit ourselves to you. We commit this broadcast to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, last week I thought we would have come to the end of our look at the book of Jonah. But as I read again the fourth chapter, I was prompted, I believe, of God to just revisit a few of the moments that are captured in Jonah chapter 4. Now, interestingly, we don't know what happened to Jonah after this almost dramatic and sudden ending of this story in Jonah chapter 4. But looking back over the passage, I want to just raise some questions that might provoke your mind to thoughtfulness. First one says, this change of plans greatly upset Noah. God's plan upset Noah because it changed. And let me ask the question, does that kind of challenge the question that God always does. You've heard people say, well, you know, God always does this, or God always does that. May I offer you some advice? Don't ever be caught bottle-holding God, pigeon-holding God, stereotyping God. God can't fit into your pigeonhole. God doesn't always do anything that we presume. He is God. That's why he's God. He can change direction. My friend, there are only a few absolutes that God always responds to. Among them, the absolute of his love. Among them, the absolute of his hate for sin and his love for the sinner. What's the lesson for me then from this and for you? Always leave room for God to change direction and always be ready to respond. Don't 
block God out of the possibilities. For, for you're not God, and I'm not God. So allow God to demonstrate his divine prerogatives in every circumstance that confronts us. Because when we don't do that, we can become upset, even angry, when the outcome doesn't fit our predictive statements, our personal anticipation. Work hard at those things that God instructs us to work hard at and allow the outcome to be that which God determines. And let's not stereotype God. My friend, let go and let God. You see what that cost Jonah? Because he was upset. And he went outside the city streets and wanted to die. He'd given up because his anger was so great. Then verse 4 it says, God says, Is it right for you to be angry? May I ask you, is it right for you to be angry that God has blessed the ministry across town? God has increased the territory of your brother-in-law? My friend, the danger of anger is very subtle. The danger of anger with regard to what God does. When God expresses favor in a certain circumstance or in a certain life, there's no room for me to be angry. He is God, and he has his own plan for you. And if we are willing to wait upon him, he will unfold to us the glories of his name. I urge you, be careful of those people who predict that your season has come and you can claim this or claim that. I, oh yes, I believe in faith. I believe in trusting God. I believe in stepping out on faith. I've done that. I believe it works. I believe God is faithful and is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. But don't you bottle God up into your little scheme or your big scheme because you'll ultimately wind up losing out. You see, God's plan is not just for right now. His plan is for the great eternal tomorrow of which you and I can be a part. It says Jonah, verse 5, went out. And I want to linger there for a moment. The term went out grabs my attention. I hope it does yours. How much might we learn from just that fact that Jonah went out after God had even showed his grace. He went out and ran away from God. God rescued him, brought him back, did God's thing, and even then he was still intent on wanting God to do things just the way he had planned. Are you guilty of wanting God to do things just the way you planned? You want God to respond to this person's failure just the way you planned? You want God to respond to your scheme just the way you planned? He doesn't do that. He's God. Jonah went out, and we know that he was in pain and suffering. But even when he went out, 
In his anger, God sheltered him from his own devices. My friend, if God had his hand upon your life, he may do things that the world can't understand. So my plea to you and my prayer to God for you is, let God handle the affairs of your life. Somebody else who went out was a man named Samson. In Judges chapter 16, we read that after Samson, the man God had chosen for special purposes, after he messed up with this woman and then played games with her and with the nation and with God, God stripped him of his power. But it says he went out as at other times. My friend, it is possible for you to go through the motions and go out as at other times. In Samson's case, it says, and he didn't understand that the power had been taken from him. He was going through the motions. Are you going through the motions, having failed to obey God? And God will open your eyes. Samson was blind. But he'll open your eyes to see that the way you've chosen is wrong. Stop. Think. Repent. Return. The prodigal son was another one who went out. He said he took his journey into a far country. He took off. He thought he knew it all. He thought he had all the answers. Young person away from home, young person away from God, young person outside the will of God, you too have run from home, from God. Don't be a Samson going out as at other times. Don't be a prodigal son taking off until you wind up in the quagmire of sin and failure. Stop. Come back. Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, which had also gone out on its own, Jesus said that you are doing some good stuff, just like Samson, you've gone out, as at other times. But Jesus said, I see more than the world sees. I see more than you seem to think is happening. I see that you have left your first love. You've gone out. You've walked out from the place of intimacy with God, the place where you spent time in prayer, where you handed out tracts, where you spoke about the Lord Jesus and his redeeming grace. You no longer do that. You've gone out. I want to talk to you today. Come back. Jesus says, return. He encouraged them. He draw, he pulled upon their heartstring. And he says, I will receive you. I will restore you. I give you the joy of my salvation. The church at Ephesus had given up on its first love. My friend, as we come to the end of this chapter again today, I want to ask you to recognize that God leaves a question for you, a question for me. God says, Nineveh has more than 120 young people, children, there are animals there, and I suspect that didn't include the adults. And he says, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? 
God is saying to you today, shouldn't I feel sorry for your town, your neighborhood, your family? My friend, God wants you to say, Oh, when I think of all the millions who do not know the sound of thy sweet name, who do not know the miracle of Calvary, who cannot yet the great salvation claim, then cries my soul, O teach me how to pray, until they know the great, how great thou art. Then cries my soul, O teach me how to pray, until they know, until they know how great thou art. And when they know that Jesus died to save them, and when they know that grace which he imparts, when Jesus shines his love divine within them, when he transforms their sinful darkened hearts, and then they'll sing, My Saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then they shall sing, My Saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. My friend, my cry, your cry ought to be today, Lord, help me to help them to see how great thou art. In Jesus' name, amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.